0: Holly G. with the Golf Insiders, we are getting ready for an incredible Father's Day weekend, the 121st U.S. Open Championship, third round about to begin, and uh, who knew Richard Bland? Yes, Richard Bland, 48 years old, from England, won on the European tour last month for the first time. After his 478th try, he's on top of the leaderboard with Russell Henley, and uh, we are going to check in to get all of his crystal ball thoughts on how this is all going to play out. Gary Van Sickle joins me from The Morning Read and SportsIllustrated.com. Good morning.
1: Good morning, How. You know, of course I, I picked Richard Bland before the US Open started. Uh, and you're, you're I didn't buy anyone to prove I didn't. I didn't put it in writing, but I, I mentally picked him, so that's kind of the same.
0: Either that or you had some inside uh, something from uh, one of the betting spots over there that I know you used to <sighs> frequent in Europe.
1: Well, I've unfortunately I've got betting apps on my phone and Pennsylvania's illegal betting state, so I'm able to bet on the golf tournaments, and I'm not really looking too good so far. Well, I did not bet Richard Bland, I may have lied earlier when I said I picked him. Uh, I was picking Brooks Kepkin, Colin Morikawa. Those were the two guys I liked, and uh, I liked Yeah, you get suckered. There's a problem with betting golf. You get suckered by the odds. You see, Ryan Palmer 180 to 1. Well, geez, so if I only bet $7, what can I win? You forget that. Oh yeah, he's not going to win the Open. You just lost seven dollars. But it's it's fun to do, and I need to uh, make better picks next time.
0: Well, for a scribe of many years having covered many of the majors, you know, give us a breakdown of your thoughts. There's always so many storylines going into the majors, and uh, quite a leaderboard that uh, we're looking at here coming into the weekend.
1: It used to be a cliche that the, the, some unknown golfer led the Open after 18 holes, because it happened so many times. And Russell Henley isn't totally unknown; he's you know not hugely accomplished, but he's a pretty good player, so he kind of fit the profile. But Richard Bland, Americans don't know him at all. I mean, we have a hard time getting his name right. I, when he won that tournament a few weeks ago, I thought it was John Bland who plays on, on the Senior Tour and. Uh, so, we yeah, we he was a total unknown, so he fits a profile, but, you know, guys like that are a great story, I think, once people get to know, I mean, it'd be fun if he hangs on, it'd be great if he won, I mean, I know he's not the guy anybody wants to win the Open, but, you know, we have unusual winners all the time, you know, Danny Willett won the Masters, uh, Sean McKeel on the PGA, they're they're fun stories, and look, they beat the best players in the world that week, so they deserve it. So this is not out of line. You have a lot of unusual characters leading the open after 18 holes or even 36 holes, and then usually on the weekend we get a harsh reality check that the cream rises to the top. I, I think the big problem this week, as far from an excitement, as far as an excitement standpoint goes, as a, as a spectator or a viewer. It just doesn't feel as special. You know, Torrey Pines has a tournament every year. We see it every year. Here, now we're at a course where you're used to having a tour event on, and it it doesn't seem as special as going to Oakmont or Wingfoot once every 10 or 12 years. Or uh, I think the same is true somewhat of Pebble Beach, although Pebble so spectacular. But, uh, but the combination of Richard Bland and Torrey Pines um, it's maybe has taken uh, maybe our – our adrenaline isn't running as as high as it could be right now but uh.
0: well if you're if you're somebody that likes the underdog story <laughs> likes the ultimate comeback story which come on we're sports fans we love this stuff what people don't know too is this this guy i mean oh my god put him in the category of ultimate journeyman I mean, we talk about these guys, you know, a lot, and I think that's one of the things that makes golf, you know, professional golf so tough because, you know, the many roads these guys take to get there. This guy lost his tour card two years ago, and instead of hanging up his sticks, he went back and requalified. I mean, that's, that's pretty big. Gary, most people, uh, you know, would be, uh, I think, sitting home or thinking about uh, their uh, second gig.
1: You no, know, he, he's a, he's a delightful interview. His quotes are, you know, very self-deprecating and humorous. He's like, "Well, I would have quit, but man, I don't know what else I could do. I'm not really, you know, smart enough to get a real job." Classic. Uh, he, yeah, he's, he, he's yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. And look, if you assume that uh, these guys who are on top of the leaderboard are not going to win because they don't have that experience, and they're going to melt away like most U.S. Open contenders do. Uh, you don't have to look down the board very far, and you, maybe maybe John Rahm and Xander Schauffele are, are kind of the de facto leaders right now. So maybe it's all going to shake out, and we're going to get a winner that we were expecting. But I think I almost said John Bland, this Richard Bland. I, I almost think he doesn't know he's not supposed to win the Open. That might be, you know, an edge he's got that he might be able to hang on till a better end. He might even be able to win. I, I wouldn't put it past him because. I don't know enough about him. Like you said, maybe he doesn't, he might not know he's not supposed to win the Open. He might just think, yeah, I can do it. And who knows? I mean, on a golf, a tough golf course, you just keep putting up pars. Funny things happen.
0: And hitting it in the fairway, which he seems to do very well. Uh, very solid ball striker. So in that same department, well, not quite, but guys you want to really root for, uh, and I'd love to see win a major, this is my favorite, Shrek. Louie Oosthuizen sitting there again one off the one off the lead
1: yeah there's another guy eminently qualified to win a major certainly his ball striking is not not to be questioned he likes that golf course swing he is
0: with, smooth he, 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 as silk gotta love his he, swing
1: yeah he's he's great and uh, I wish his putting stroke was as smooth. You know, that's what's really kept him from winning anything uh, in recent years. Is he has troubles with the putter. So if he solves that this week, he could be a factor. But you know, we've seen him. You know, he hasn't he hasn't gotten it done. You know, in the playoff, he was in the. He and Charles Schwartz were in the playoff in New Orleans, and in the first playoff hole, uh, Louis got up and bombed it into the marsh on the playoff hole, and they they wound up losing. So. He's got some baggage there because it's been a while since he's won. Certainly, been a while since he's won anything big, and he's had some chances, and he's kind of, he's kind of fumbled to be blunt. So he's going to have to overcome that. But there's another guy. But look, if you if you erase those top two or three guys, not only are there other guys in attention, but if three is really leading, then the guys that even one over, two over, three over, they really aren't that far back. Just about. Anybody is still in this thing if you assume the leaders are going to melt. So it's still it's still wide open as, a, as far as U.S. Opens go. I, I People tend to think, oh, guy's six under par, he can't be caught. Well, what if ah. he's four over? You know, it's a new ball game, and then all of a sudden
0: you can play that game all day. Two over par is not out of it by any means. That's what they call Saturday moving day. Speaking of the putting... Uh, we know that Tory is, and California courses are known for their Puana greens. And uh, Phil Nicholson mentioned something interesting in his presser yesterday after his round, and that was that uh, he said that, you know, the new USGA rule uh, where, you know, you can tap down spike marks had really made a difference in terms of, sort of leveling the fairness between the morning rounds and the afternoon rounds. You know, we we had that vision of Tiger's putt in 2008, bouncing and bobbling, you know, before he drained it on the 18th hole, you know, to go into the playoff. You know, that's sort of what California greens are known for. Um, But uh, I thought that was a really interesting comment.
1: That, that's a good point, and I'm still in shock that they changed that rule because who's checking to see whether anybody is tapping down a spike mark or uh, or a ball mark or, you know, what if it's just a Poana that's, you know, goofy or a bear sp- I mean, it's kind of like a guy can chisel a tunnel from his ball to the cup. I mean, uh, the USG is the last governing body I think that would, Allow you to tamper with your putting line, you know. I to me that's a crazy rule, but I understand how there's uh, you know Bernhard Langer's putt in the ninety in the ninety one the war by the shore the ninety one Ryder Cup he had last he said he had two big spike marks in his line and he couldn't decide whether to which side to go around him whether to go over it or go around it. Yeah, you know, he missed the putt really because of those spike marks. If he could have tapped those down, he probably makes that putt and there's a tie and Europe keeps the cup. So. Could have changed history, but I, I'm shocked they changed that rule. Uh, but Phil's right on the money. You're, you're late in the day. There's a lot more marks on the green, and this helps you have a more of a fighting chance. So, you know, one thing about Phil, he says a lot of outlandish stuff, but he's, not, he's usually not wrong. I, I give him credit. He's a smart guy.
0: Well, speaking of another guy who speaks his mind, I think very uh, – very honestly, as Rory, I had a lot of discussion about green reading books this week. You know the players wanting them out. What's your thought on that? You know, you're a good, good golfer who competes a lot. Yeah, what's your? Thought? I
1: wish. I don't. You know, for me, maybe I just don't know how to use them very well. I don't think they're that easy to use.
0: It looks like trigonometry like,
1: to me. It's it's like a topographic map, and you have to. Can you really figure out exactly where your ball is on that map and exactly where the pin is and those lines? Okay, you can figure out if you're going uphill or downhill, you might figure out which direction the break is going, but you can get all that by looking at it. It's not like you open this green book and it says, oh, aim two inches to the right on this putt. It's, you, you know, I, I look at that and I don't, I don't get a huge benefit from it. And uh, I, frankly, I don't think these guys really need them. And I think banning them's probably a good idea because look, if you need them, you could You got all night. You can do homework. You can memorize them. You can. You know. You probably have a good idea where the pins are going to be. Uh, certainly at the majors, you can. You can plan ahead and do it at night. But I, I would say get rid of them just for the pace of play reasons. These guys already do. Uh, I have a friend who describes PG Tour players on the green as doing a Kabuki dance. <laughs> That's where they lose all the spend all their time and. If you get, these just, these just, you know, increase the time it takes guys to putt. I mean, you have DeChambeau or somebody like that, and, oh, my gosh, you know, put I'm, the book away and hit the putt. So, I, I I would say, I don't think, I don't know how great a help they are. A lot of players say they are. I don't, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll defer to them, but they don't help me that much, and I, so I would say get rid of them just for the pace of play reason. So, I, uh, I'm i surprised some players are saying that, but, uh, that they want to get rid of them, but uh, I, you know, we, they're they're unnecessary, really. So yeah, let's get rid of them. I think that's a great idea. And I, I really have to tip my cap to Rory and some other guys for standing up and saying, hey, this is this is technology taken a little too far.
0: Agree. It just uh, you know uh, seems to. Take away some of the art and the talent of the game.
1: Yeah, and the same it's the same thing with the um, especially in the ladies' tour, you have the caddy lining the putt player up for the putt or the shot and do
0: What is just up a bad, with it's just that? A bad,
1: yeah, it's just a bad look and it took time. So it shouldn't you got your name on your bag, you shouldn't need that. If you got your name on your bag, you ought to be able to read the putt. And if somebody can somebody in their caddy can read putts and then better than the next guy you know, that's their advantage. It's, let's, let's bring the uh, the art of having a good caddy back into the game, too. So I, did, I don't think it was a hot issue. I, I wasn't bothered by the books. But if we're voting on it, yeah, I'll vote no. Let's get rid of them because it slows everything down.
0: All right. So back to the leaderboard. We've got Matthew Wolf in the mix, who we know was uh, going toe-to-toe with Bryson um, at uh, Wingfoot in November. You know he's had some struggles uh, mentally, as he's recently uh, shared. Um, you know, would be such a great story if if he were to break through and win his first major. My God, what is this? His second year on tour. I mean, the pressure on these guys is crazy. You got Bubba in the mix. Be great to see him win another major. Of course, John Rahm after you know the incident in Memorial when he after he had to withdraw uh, after a six-shot lead. Uh, my pick, Xander Shoffley. I'd love to see him break through. The hometown San Diego boy, um, you know who's who's. Let me let me say who's your top pick, and then if you're going a little deeper, like you said, bringing in the people at you know even plus one, you know, and you got a boatload there. Justin Thomas, Brooks, um, Rory. I mean, this this board is loaded.
1: It, yeah, they're, those guys are—they're not at the very top, but they're—they're they're lurking, as we say. I, I think of those guys who were lurking the closest. I saw Shafle yesterday. You know, he switched to this uh, arm lock putting style, and I saw him miss two like four footers that he turned to fa- shut the face and hit and missed them left. So even despite that, he, he's three under and in the mix. So. That tells me he's – I mean, obviously, he's a great iron player, but he's, he's given a couple of putts back, and he's still right there. So I, I think that if I was forced to bet some, bet my money now on somebody, I I might go with him. Look, obviously, Rahm has got a lot to play for. He's gotten motivated by the Memorial.
0: And Phil. So, he's, he's
1: yeah, he's one of Torrey Pines. He knows the course. He loves the course. I mean, he, he – you know, based on the world rankings, he's, he might be the guy to beat. So then those two guys are the ones you really have to watch out for, I think. And Wolf has, you know, took some time off to try to be happy in life. He didn't really explain what that means. Does he not like to travel? Does he... Is he having a relationship issues? Is he like not like being away from home, or I we don't he, really
0: I know? But yeah, I think it's I think it's more some you know as as Bubba has revealed recently. You know, we put these guys on such a pedestal, and let's face it, you know, just because uh, you know you win a few tournaments doesn't mean you're not human. And if you're suffering from things like anxiety and whatnot, those are difficult things you know to deal with when you're in this fishbowl.
1: Well. And just because you're making three million dollars a year doesn't mean it's fun to to to, to be the PG Tour lifestyle. I mean, how many people you talk to you say, hey, you can make two million dollars a year, but you're gonna have to spend twenty eight weeks of the year on the road away from home. It's not fun to be gone that long. It's it's pretty taxing. So
0: Wasn't fun oh, when yeah. you were a writer on the tour, was it? Well no,
1: and I was making slightly less than two million a year when <laughs> I did that. So yeah, it's it's you know the lifestyle, the, the travel takes a lot of guys out who are trying to make it. They pretty, they get into it pretty early, and they're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be you know, especially young guys on the way up. They get married, they have a, they have kids. Like they're not making the big money. They got to you know that's what that's what sends people off the tour more than quicker than almost anything other than bad play is. I just I just can't be gone this much. So we don't know. So I'm impressed because he yeah he he was impressive uh, at, at Wingfoot. I like guys with unique swings. I think they really know what they're doing. They've got they 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 own their swing, as opposed to somebody like Rory who's won how many t- tournaments and he still he doesn't have a handle on what he wants to be doing. Matthew Wolf is like Jim Fury. He knows what he wants to do with his swing. And that guy is gonna, you know, he he's gonna be tough to beat if he can if he can make putts. So after this break, he's come back refreshed. You know, Johnny Miller always used to say most of the tournaments he won is is when he he took a you know three four five week break. He'd come back, he'd be mentally refreshed. He usually won right away because he he was happier. So maybe Matthew Wolf has a little Johnny Miller in him uh, in in that regard. So I, those three guys, I mean. I'm, I think the field's chasing those three guys.
0: Well, all right, and i got to ask you, just because, you know, this could be 2021, the year for the old guys. um, What about Phil? He's, you know, he's plus two. He could go low today and uh, be in the mix.
1: Well, we were talking about wagering before, and I had a bunch of bets at the PGA. And then going into the Sunday, i like, well, I – it wasn't looking good, so I made more bets to cover myself to try to, you know, just break even. I had bets on pretty much everybody who had a chance to win except one guy, and his name was Phil. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe him. I didn't believe in him. I didn't think he could do it. He proved me wrong. He played great.
0: So time to uh, go make that bet today, Gary. Yeah,
1: I guess I should, but I, I don't know. He's... Uh, I, I didn't see a lot yesterday. I mean, he made a lot of pars, so that was, that was good. Uh, it feels unpredictable.
0: We don't call uh, him Phil the thrill for nothing, do we?
1: No, I mean, how would you like to see Phil and Richard Bland in the last group? What's oh, up, what my God. So we got 98 God. years worth of golf there, 99, whatever it is, something like that, that would be, you know, you can't, you can't rule it out for Phil. But he's going to have to do, uh, well, like I said, you know, two and three overs, not out of it, but he needs to shoot. He needs to shoot, like, 300 a day, probably, three or 400 to make sure he's going to be closer. Well, um, versus, you know, I mean, you can always go to the final round and shoot 61, I suppose, but I don't know how realistic that is for anybody.
0: Well, can't, can't wait. Um, and we get to watch in prime time because it's coming from California. And before I let you go, I want you to share with our listeners this uh, big announcement uh, this week about Morning Read, merging with uh, your old uh, employer, sportsillustrated.com.
1: Yep, Morning Read has been absorbed by si.com. Uh, Sports Illustrated has been sold twice since I was an employee there, and it's gone from being a weekly to being a monthly. The website uh, is still, you know, done by a lot of different people. So our stories are from Morning Read are already appearing on si.com i had i did an equipment story that ran yesterday on uh, this is crazy korean shaft that is almost magical it's it's light it's super light and it's super whippy and yet you hit it farther and straighter i mean and they're not going to get a the company's not going to get a patent on it because that's a blueprint to copy it because as we all know as we've learned the hard way that Trademark and copyright laws and patent laws in Asia are meaningless. Nobody pays any attention to them. So their their stance is, all right, we've got this secret shaft. Go ahead and try to figure it out if you can, but we don't. You know, we're just going to go with it. Interesting. It it works. Read the story. You
0: you. What's the name of it, it, Gary?
1: It's it's called the Autoflex. Like an A U T O Autoflex. They have a line of shafts called Autopower, but the Autoflex shaft. They vary in weight from 41 up to 57 grams, depending on your swing speed. You know, they have like five different flexes. Uh, the catch, the catch for this thing is the shaft costs
0: $780. Woo!
1: Now, so the question comes down to, how bad do you want to pick up 10 or 12 yards? That's up to you. Do you want to spend the money or not? So you can read my story. I bought in. I. I bought the shaft and then some. so uh, I
0: wow I'm,
1: I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I've been shafted or if whether I got shafted. Uh, but I'm very happy with it. I picked up some distance and I'm a believer. it 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 flies in the face of all conventional golf wisdom, club making wisdom, club fitting wisdom. but everybody is trying I mean it works, and that's 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 the bottom line.
0: Well, that's a huge endorsement. Uh, they they should be uh, paying uh, you and giving you a few milkshakes on the side.
1: Well, you know, Korean company they don't pay anybody, so it's just a it's just a club that can help a lot of people. But the price is really off-putting, and that's gonna a lot of people are gonna look at that, and go, yeah, right. And n- nothing about it makes sense, but it works. So I don't know what to tell you. You can read my story and decide for yourself.
0: Well, we always like to pass on the latest scoops to our listeners at the Golf Insiders. Gary Van Sickle, happy Father's Day. I appreciate you taking some time out. I know you're having a whole bunch of fun with your son and your grandson. And uh, have a great day tomorrow. Thank you.
1: All right. Thanks, Holly. It was great being yeah. had by you.